No, a little Christmas like- sausage for you. <laughs> what do you have? Christmas sausage. Yeah, Christmas sausage. Light and filling. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in your Harry and David basket. Yeah, yes, Harry and David. Who are those gentlemen? Right? The most tasteful couple. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmari, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. A little holiday dick news. It's the season. It's the season, everyone. And on that note, welcome to our uh, holiday extravaganza podcast. Yes, this is our solstice, Christmas, Kwanzaa, um, Hanukkah, whatever else is going on this year. It's special. Yeah, for special. <laughs> like that. It's like filling the blank. Special for twenty twenty. It's almost over. Yeah. So. <laughs> I usually don't kick off with this, but if you don't mind, I I would be remiss if I didn't bring up a Hallmark TV original. Ah. This one is special because apparently there's some gay folk in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. They are not the star of the show. They are just another Hallmark additive. Are there just um, like the neighbor next door who is gay? No, no. I mean, it's it's more than that. But they've, because you know, with Hallmark, they take everything and they make it as like pumpkin spice latte as they can. Yeah. So they have also like a pumpkin spice latte gay couple as well. Okay. So this is called The Christmas House. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're, yeah. Working through some difficult decisions, Mitchell family matriarch Phyllis and patriarch Bill, I guess they're a couple. Um, have summoned their two grown sons. Also, they must be some kind of royalty, right? If they're from summoning the grave. <laughs> they've summoned their two grown sons. One I of them is a the grave. <laughs> they, they, one of them is a TV star called Mike Mitchell. And then Brandon Mitchell is just a guy. Just so they summon, <gasps> they summon mm. Mike and Brandon home for the holidays. It is their hope that bringing the family together to recreate the Christmas house. I'm not sure what that is will help them find resolution and make a memorable holiday for the entire family and the community. So this Did family the is so each other? Um no. Probably. Probably. No. There, I don't see any strife here. It says Brandon, he's gay, his and he's married to a, a man named Jake, make the trip home and they're anxiously awaiting a call about their the adoption of their first child. Okay. Uh meanwhile, Mike reconnects with Andy his high school sweetheart, who's a oh. girl. Oh, okay. I was going to be like, both brothers are gay? No, we've got, so we've got, we've got three couples here. We have Phyllis and Bill, the matriarch and patriarch of this family. And apparently this town, because when they have Christmas, the whole community has a memory. <laughs> <laughs> to cherish. <laughs> then you have Brandon and Jake who are well-scrubbed and upwardly mobile gay men waiting for to find out about the adoption of their first child. Is it from another country? I mean, no. It, it, it's, I think it's just like a regular old American white kid. Okay. Um, meanwhile, Mike, the TV star, reconnects with Andy, his female high school sweetheart. And that's it. They don't, there's no peril, is it mentioned here? There's no but or like, 
and oh you know and then there's none of that it's just some a really kind of boring wealthy family and they're all coming home to make this christmas house which i don't know what it is you know what maybe that's what just everybody needs right now (laughs) i think because they put a gay couple in they took out everything else they're like let let the <laughs> let the gayness seep in. Yes, just let that be the thing, even though it's not an issue within the family or within the show. You know, it's not about you know coming home and coming out, or it's not about the trials and tribulations that many gay couples face when they're doing an adoption. Uh, it's just that everyone has to come home and get this damn Christmas house together. <laughs> they got to recreate it so that they can you know. So that the community can finally heal and have a memory. Yeah. Okay. The Christmas house. <laughs> the Christmas. And so I I couldn't figure out, like I read a lot about it. I almost watched the video, like the, the promo video, but I don't do that. I don't watch the TV original. I don't even watch the video. I can't. I, I just work solely from uh, what the copywriter has done here, which is give us a story where they're all we know is that there's some difficult decisions. Okay. And everyone has to come home to make this house. This Christmas, a Christmas house. And it's called the Christmas house. I think Starring that- Robert Buckley, Anna Ayori, Treat Williams. Oh my God. Treat Williams is in it. Nice. <laughs> Sharon Lawrence, Jonathan Bennett, Brad Harder. And Matia Castrillo. Ah, I think it's one of these things where you know hallmark knows that we're all going to be in front of the tv with wine Mm -hmm. in a daze so it doesn't really matter what goes on we just want to see some decorations and some there's actually yeah they're right there's no story at all it's just people coming home and then when they get home boom a house (laughs) memories like nothing happens nothing has to happen that's okay because that's all we can take we don't want nothing to happen um, and these these two guys are just waiting for the adoption to go through, which for a lot of gentlemen I know who are with other gentlemen has, has not been as big a deal as I thought it would be. Hmm. I think there's just a lot of kids out there and most of the gay couples I know are pretty well healed. Yeah. And they don't have any kids. So maybe it's a really easy, you know, easy placement. Yeah, and I think it's, they tried to keep, they, you know, the powers that be. Yeah. We're trying to make it very difficult for gay couples to adopt, but now. I don't know why, because nobody wants these damn kids in America. Look around, they're everywhere. (laughs) There's, really, there's a lot of kids. You don't need to. There's nothing wrong with adopting kids from other countries. I don't care where, you know, Mm -hmm. it's none of my business. (laughs) But there are plenty here, apparently. Yeah. Um, So I don't know how anxious these guys should be, especially in 2020. They might get two. (laughs) you know how do you feel about two well all the best to them yeah christmas house nice what do you have well christmas is a time for ghost stories i know you may people may say what it is not it's the time for presents no historically it is the time for us to tell ghost stories that's why a christmas carol is one of the the biggest ghost stories in the you know the modern west Yes. So to carry on that tradition from days of yore, gather around, listeners. Okay. Tales from the campfire. Christmas tales. Yes. 
Okay. This is um, from the year 2014, and it happened in Colorado. Okay. When I was in the fifth grade, me and my friends, Sadie and Abby, really liked the show, My Little Pony. Sadie? What is she, an old woman? (laughs) What the hell is she? My grandmother's name was Sadie. My great-grandmother, I think. Sadie always brought Werther's originals to our (laughs) sleepovers because she was 85. She also insisted that our Barbies wear full support hose. (laughs) Sadie. Okay. At the time, our school was having a book fair, and one of the books came with a little pony figurine. Abby ended up buying it. Sadie and I would always beg her for it because we collected these pony toys, but she always said no and was persistent to keep it. Okay. Over probably a couple of weeks, I don't remember how long, Abby gave the toy to Sadie out of the blue. After a few days, Sadie started telling me the pony toy is possessed. <laughs> she was trying to get rid of it. No, Abby gave it to Sadie and didn't say anything. And that's Sadie what I mean. So it. Abby probably tried to burn it. It came back. She probably yeah. tried to throw it out. It came back. She was like, what if I pass it off to Sadie? <laughs> she seems like kind of a rube. <laughs> she claimed it would turn and face her. And it only happened at night. She said she lined up all the ponies she collected on a dresser facing the wall. That's weird. <laughs> It's like a punishment. (laughs) She left the room, and as soon as she exited the doorway, she turned around because she forgot something, and all the pony toys were facing directly at her. In my mind, I didn't believe her at all, but I went along with it, so maybe she'd let me have it for a night, and I'd see Mm -hmm. for myself. (laughs) Uh, Wow. I asked her exactly that, and the next day she brought it to me. When I got home, it was around dusk. I put the, to- the, po- the pony toy in some of mine that I had on the shelf in the bathroom. Good move. Keep it in the bathroom, yeah. right? Yeah. <clears throat> I made note of where each one was facing. One face in the bathtub, one face in the wall, one face behind the bathroom door. These one- little girls are like ghost hunters. <laughs> they have like a methodology. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, you tried that. I'm going to try something new. Yeah. I'm going to tweak what you did, Sadie. Yeah. See if I can do it right. One is facing the corner of the bathroom. I decided to use the bathroom. I got up and left the room, but as soon as I got through the doorway, I turned around because I forgot to wash my hands. And they were all staring directly at me as if someone moved them. One had a piece of soap in its mouth. (laughs) I, I ran to tell my mom and she got mad at me for bringing something like that in the house without telling her. She Excuse just, me? Her, her, so her mother was like, how dare you bring a haunted object in? Yeah. Uh, isn't that funny? Wow. Okay. That's the first time I've heard of a mom being like, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's not cool because it's haunted. She just I, I, could, I could see the mom too being like, you know what? Like, it's like a life lesson, you know? Yeah. Like, don't do that again. Like, I don't wonder bring what happened in, in, here. in the mom's life that she was just like immediately like, yeah, I, I, she totally, you know accepted it and was like we got to handle it because she said because she decided to put it in a container with salt and threw it away the toy yeah the mother put it in a container she's got to give it back to sadie who's got to give it oh no anna doesn't want it back yeah or abby abby sorry yeah don't forget it's abby because she's the one that you know tried to pass this off without telling Mm -hmm. anybody the next day i told sadie what happened and asked her what she think caused it she said she thinks it's because her and Abby were having a sleepover and were trying to summon ghosts. 
a few days later, Abby gave the toy to her. I asked her what they did. And she said, they put books together and said an ancient chant they found on the internet. <laughs> they put books together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and she wouldn't elaborate more and didn't remember what the chant was. The end. Well, I'm glad that they she didn't tell anybody what the chant was. Because who needs that? I, I love that the mom just squashed that right away. Yeah. It was like, give me that, threw it in a mason jar with some salt, and was like, we're done. <laughs> it's like game over. Yeah, I don't think we would never tell adults things like that. Like, if we saw things that we weren't sure about, we kept it to ourselves. Yeah. Because it would always lead to uh, we were doing... There was always some aspect of the story that gave away that we were doing something we weren't supposed to be doing or we were somewhere we weren't supposed to be. Yeah. Because you you don't often see things when you're like, you know, doing your math homework in the library. It's when you're like, you know, swimming by the lake and you're not supposed to be there. And, mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's it's not safe. And then you see something, but you can't say anything about it. Right. Right. Hmm. Um, I like that one. Yeah. Salt. So, <laughs> somebody had asked the the author what kind of container and she's like she's like it was simply tupperware (laughs) basic plastic container yeah i made it a mason jar for some reason yeah but i like that as well and somebody else said yeah it happened to me um with a stuffed penguin that i had (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know (laughs) it happened to me so I guess the the moral of the story is like, well, first of all, never summon anything. Yeah. And then if you do, do not try to summon it into any kind of vessel, no matter how cute and pony-like it may be. Yeah. Because mm. you can't get rid of it. Yeah. So that's a scary ghost story. And I don't want to talk about it anymore because it's... I like it. Yeah. So I have something, um, a little penis news, a little Christmas dick oh. update. Um, <laughs> scrotum stories. A little mistletoe. For you, um, a Belgian town apparently accidentally decorated the entire town with these Christmas lights that look like penises. Oh, it was supposed to be a candle. I thought it meant it was going to be like a candy cane or something. No, it was supposed to be a candle, but when they lit up, it put the small town in the spotlight. Um, <laughs> I so, <bet>. they say <laughs> it's hard to think of a more fitting end to 2020. Then an attempt by a Belgian town to spread holiday cheer only to inadvertently install holiday lights displays that look like a bunch of penises. <laughs> they were they were supposed to represent candles. It's a town called Udenburg. And I don't think it's that great of a town. Like, I think it's a town that's never gotten any press before. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they were excited that people were talking about them. That, you know, the penises have brought them some notoriety. Um, okay. it so says, they're kind of insecure as a town. Yeah, they're not insecure. Not anymore. They're showing what they got. Um, so it does look like a penis. It's a, a shaft, and the shaft part is white. Then the top part is a is blue, like what would be the tip. But because of the way that they've shaped it and with the coloring, it does look like a penis. And it looks even more so like a penis when they put it into some potted plants. Oh, no. (laughs) And they're everywhere. Now, from the pictures, it seems like they shot their load on this one kind of decoration. Pardon the pun. (laughs) I don't see any other decorations anywhere in town. It's just dicks as far as the eye can see. They're lining everywhere. They probably thought this is going to be the classiest 
Christmas ever with all of our lights. I don't think they even thought. I thought they were like, hey, let's put up some lights, like candles. (laughs) But they just happened to pick a gigantic candle. And, you know, usually the flame of a candle is not blue. No. Or ball or shaped like the the head of a dick. (laughs) But it is in Belgium. Um, So it says locals appear to be making the best of it. The intent, and they say, "Hey, we wanted to lift spirits among the pandemic, and we've done it." Okay. <laughs> People are happy. Um, the mayor of the town posted it on Facebook. No, oh, and he put up. Um, he did screenshots of all the news, right? So there's a New York Times. There's like I think in Le Monde in France. And a couple of other places. I think this is like a British newspaper. So he took screenshots of those and he wrote like, hey, we're in the New York Times. So I'm looking at the things he posted and, you know, it says the New York Times, a city put up candle like Christmas lights and quote unquote, some people say other things. Then another was the British one, of course, is like XXXmas. (laughs) <laughs> XXXmas mayor quote unquote sorry for covering the town in penises yeah. says he didn't realize it till he switched it on which I believe because until you turn these things on it just it kind of looks like a candle yeah uh, my favorite one is the French and I, I translated the best I could it said strange Christmas decorations in the shape of a penis in this small town uh, even the burgermeister left mm. um, so that's the, the town mayor I guess I just French. want to know what the manufacturer, <laughs> I did they realize that. it? And they're like, we're selling these anyway. And if any, cause we have to get rid of them somehow. What? It just doesn't make sense for a candle to have a blue flame. I don't think these things were supposed to be candles. I don't think they were supposed to be Christmas decorations. I think they're for something else, but hmm. this is what they have. Um, so yeah, they, they wanted to, to cheer people and lift their spirits and they'd done it with these penises. Usually yeah. people are angry at penises, but it's 2020. So they're like, you know what? Bring people it. People need the levity. Yeah. Let them, they're lighting the way in Belgium. So that's my, my Christmas dick news. All right. Yeah, a little Christmas like- sausage for you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Christmas sausage. Yeah, Christmas sausage. <laughs> Light and filling. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in your Harry and David basket. Yeah, yes. Harry and David. Who are those gentlemen? Right? The most tasteful couple. Yeah. my Even when I was a little girl, I knew. I was like, these guys, what <laughs> class? You know, I mean, look at this fruit. Look how it's made into a pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only the classiest. Yeah, look, look how they're selling six navel oranges for, you know, $10 yeah. a piece. <laughs> And all they had to do was put them in a, a wicker basket with some fake grass. Yeah. And individually wrap them in. Um, yes. I, yeah. Paper. I mean, growing up in a rural area, I was like, are we doing something wrong? I mean, my apples just come, you know, just in their own skin. Oh, no. They must. They come don't come in. wrapped in crepe paper. <laughs> in a wicker basket. <laughs> You're listening to Hey You Know It with Jaquetta Santmari and Katie Casimir. We're telling you how it is and how it should be. So I have advice on advice. 
Advice on Advice is a segment where we find advice on the internet that stinks. And it's unqualified. And we improve upon it by giving our advice on advice, hence advice on advice. So this is some Christmas or holiday advice. Yes, yes, yes. This is your Abby. So I chose okay. a classic. Every December, my wife virtually buries our home in Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. It's not just the trees and stockings in the living room. She's not happy until there are Christmas towels and Christmas soap in the bathroom and another tree and knickknacky stuff downstairs. What's Christmas soap? <laughs> I'm not being funny. I'm, I'm just like I, I guess it's like the decorative <laughs> soap that you put out in the bathroom, like hmm? you know when you have company and you have like decorative soap in a little dish. You have the real soap that's in the dispenser, and then you yeah. have the decorative soap that's in a little dish that it could and be. I guess shaped like a Christmas thing, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it could be like a little reindeer That's strange. tree. Okay. All right. Something. <clears throat> Not even a doorknob is safe from decoration. Oh, jeez. It drives me nuts. I feel so claustrophobic. I bump into these decorations everywhere I turn. I was raised differently, more simply. There was a tree in the living room and stockings hung from the mantle, and that was it. Wow. For the last 20 years of our marriage, I have suggested unsuccessfully that we compromise and alternate every other year. One her way, the next mine. When I do, she tearfully accuses me of being a Scrooge. I admit I'm not big on the commercialized Christmas season, but my is my request unreasonable? Okay. What do you think? That's Okay. This is a tough one because I, I hate that kind of shit. So my... My critique of this advice, I'm going to try to put my bias aside. Um, it, it sounds like it might be unreasonable for this woman to not decorate. Um, it might be how unreasonable. Long... Wait. No, I sound, it sounds like it's unreasonable to ask her to not decorate because she seems to have some really strong attachment to it. So maybe talking to her about that will help you to find an appreciation for the decorations. Some people are really, really into the holidays. I couldn't give a shit. Um, because especially for the, the, the commercial aspects of it, for a lot of people, that's what it is. The decorating, um, the buying of things, the buying of food, um, exchanging gifts, you know, buying ornaments, buying all of that, that stuff that goes in the landfill. Um, year after year but so I think he should should approach it like just start talking to her about what it is and maybe see if you can incorporate yourself into it in some way yeah um but I do think you could ask her to make things safer for you because it sounds like there's shit everywhere you know what I mean like (laughs) it sounds like you'd be afraid to like put something down or, you know, like he's saying he's bumping into things. Yeah. If it is one of those kind of like hoardery situations where the, it, there's so much tchotchke, you know, all over the place, then that that's kind of annoying. But yeah. Then again, but those that people do that though, for a really specific reason, like you've seen, I've seen, you've seen hoarders, right? Yes. There's always some deep seated reason why those people need that hoard around them. And when they try to take it from the people, sometimes they, they deteriorate. Yeah. Um, or they just replace it. Yeah. it. Yeah. That's why I say maybe try to talk to her about it first. Yeah. And yeah, talk about it first. And also like, you know, 
maybe examine his, his own self and be like, what is it that you can't like splurge a little in and, and, you know, really immerse yourself in the holiday? Well, I mean, look, I'm going to be him for a second because it's ugly. <laughs> it's, it's annoying. It gets in the way, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I'm imagining that this stuff isn't tasteful. I'm imagining that it's like, do you remember that bar in the city that was on the uh, Rolfs? I don't know yes, if it's still Rolf. around. Yeah. It would take them. I had a friend who worked there and I asked, I was like, how do you guys do this? They would start putting that together weeks before the holidays. And this bar would be encrusted with Christmas stuff. Yes. I've been in it. Yeah. It's like, this is a bar listeners where um, every square inch is covered with decorations, the ceiling, mm-hmm. the walls, every single thing it's like it's a spectacle you go in there and there's a line to get in and that's i mean and i hate it right i I only went there because my friend was working there i it felt claustrophobic to me it also triggered for me and i'm not a germaphobe but i felt that everything in there was dirty and collecting dust yeah you know christmas christmas ornaments can be sometimes yes or christmas decoration garland a lot of things that i'm like wow there's just dust and dirt and, you know, and who knows what, like, attaching to this stuff. Yeah. And it, it can yeah. decrease the the size of, it can decrease the feel of the size of the room, I guess. Yeah. When you have that stuff everywhere. To some um, people, that would be bright and cozy mm-hmm. and, you know, very Christmassy and triggering all yep. the, the positive emotions. Yeah. Christmas. The, the positive things. Because um, it depends on how you grew up, too, you know, with what kind of decorations you had or what you thought you know, was appropriate. Um, so I'm assuming that this woman has some really strong attachment to Christmas and that they could start there. I'm also going to suggest though, that maybe he could ask her to shorten the amount of time that the decorations are up, or maybe can he, can he have a corner for himself? That's true. But also like Christmas, it's maybe, yeah, have a time limit that you have them up like, Hey, December 1st through, you know, it's just for the month. That's it. Or can we put things together slowly? Can, can, you know, week one be, we're going to put out garland and then yeah. we're going to add to it instead of it just being like, boof, Here you know, because when I, when I think about that bar, like you're saying, like some people it's, it's beautiful, but to me it's, it was like mold growing. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I saw the garland as like, you know, growing towards me and I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds dramatic, but it's like, you know, some people are really attached to things and then other people are really phobic about those very same, those very same things. Oh no. For me going in there, I liked it. I was like, oh, there's like all this, there's a lot of color and there's glute wine and it's so festive. Hey, I like the glute wine. Yeah. I'm not complaining about that. I also think like, this is only for a specific time of the year. And then think of something else that maybe he likes that she dislikes. At another time, it'd be like, hey, we can compromise. You know, we'll go out on a on a cruise, which I know you hate. In yeah. in the spring, and you can have your decorations in December. I mean, I agree with what you're saying too. He needs to investigate his feelings about it as well. Like yeah. maybe maybe if they have a conversation, she's like, well, I really missed you know the way that I grew up before my parents and grandparents weren't around, and we always decorated a lot, and so it reminds me of that that comfort. And he may be like, look, I, <laughs> Christmas was always rough for me. We kept it really small and, and, and sober. And, 
that's you know nobody showed their feelings no or my or i miss a really basic kind of you know scandinavian style look to christmas Mm. because maybe that brings me comfort okay it's hard though because christmas decorations they can be really tasteful or they can just be like it can look like a carnival freak show yeah um with a tree that looks like (laughs) you know um, you know, too many colors or too much light and sounds. Who knows? All right. So what are they? You know what I mean? Like they're, I've seen Christmas trees where I'm like, my God, it's like a three ring circus. Yeah. And then you go to other people's houses. You're like, you, you put like one bow on here, dude. And that's it. And what happened? Like, this, okay. like you just dragged a tree in. That's it. Okay. So, so he yeah. leaves with, he, he ends his question with, but is my request unreasonable? And, oh, and the advice is no, it's not. You are suggesting meeting each other halfway. Your okay. wife is unwilling to do that, even though she knows what she's doing is making you uncomfortable, and that's regrettable because Christmas is supposed to be about what's in the heart, not what's all over the house. Okay, so I don't like this advice, um, because it's so it doesn't explain. That's it. That's want. the whole advice. Yep, that's it. I'm sorry, I was waiting. I thought you were going to critique it piece by piece, but that's it. That is it. It's all that, you know, she just makes a generalized statement about what Christmas is supposed to be and that it's too bad. (laughs) Too bad that she can't compromise with you. Sucks. It's almost as if they didn't hear anything we said in the past five minutes. (laughs) Incredible. Boo. Boo, I say. Bah humbug. On that advice. They should have came to us first. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you live with people because I'm going to be honest about myself. I'm a bit of a tyrant in my own home when it comes to having things out. I like very minimalist and my husband doesn't, you know, he likes things a little less minimalist. Okay. So what is your most unreasonable tyranty kind of request that you have in your house that you know is too much, but you have to have it? It's very easy. I don't even, you know, I almost said it before you... Nothing can be draped on anything. Like, you know, unless it's done so, unless it's done so artfully. (laughs) So unless it looks like somebody from Neiman Marcus would have put it there in a window dressing type of situation, I don't want to see it draped. I don't want to see anything hung up. Clothing is wet. I'm sorry to hear that. You're going to have to find a way to hang it (laughs) where I can't see it. And the ah. moment it's dry, it must be put away. And that's unreasonable. <laughs> you know, that's completely unreasonable. So over the years, I've, I've tried, you know, I've, I've recognized in myself that that's ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, I still, when I see things draped inappropriately, I still get upset. But then I have to remember, like, come on, man, really? Yeah. Like, are you going to go out like that? <laughs> <laughs> Destroyed by a poorly draped towel in yeah. the bathroom? <laughs> You know, uh, I'll tell you, that's, that's really funny. Can I tell you mine? Sure. I'd like to hear yours. Um, anytime that I've ever had a roommate in my life, I've always insisted um, to have matching towels in the bathroom. Um, I cannot stand being in a bathroom that has mismatched towels. How do you know what towel is theirs? Because I installed one rack mm-hmm. for them, one rack for me. Mm-hmm. But the towels are all the same color. 
That's completely unreasonable. I thought that was bad. That's oh, no. like um, almost no one could follow that. You forget. No. You put the wrong no, no, time. No, no, no. I, I, make, I buy extra sets. And I said, here's your set. But how are they supposed to, re- like, what if they just are like, Dee, oh, no, I've grabbed them. They look exactly alike. Have you, do you put the racks at the same height? No, uh, no, they're at different heights. They're okay. in dif- on different walls. So that's their towel. That's my towel. And it's, but they can't have a different colored towel. No, no. Okay. If, all right. they, if they came with their own towels that were the same color, that was okay. But they all had to be the same color. Cause I, cause I grew up in a house with a lot of kids and everything was just so chaotic and disorganized. When you're in a small bathroom, it's like, ugh, you know, you can't have mismatched stuff or I can't. <laughs> well, least- I mean, okay. I don't mean to cut you off, but like, it wouldn't have been easier if each child had its own colored towel. It's not, yeah, it would have been, but <laughs> you don't want to use like your brother's towel. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like that to me is like, I would, I, I understand. I don't like mismatch things either, but I couldn't, I, the idea of me grabbing, like just, you know, my cousin's towel, <laughs> my male cousin's towel and trying to use that is not going to work for me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I know what you mean. Yeah, but I'm talking about one yeah. other person and we're adults. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I just I did not know that. I would, have, I would have no problem following those rules because I'm also uptight. Okay. This could work. I mean, look, you're not going to drape the towel in a weird way, are you? Oh, no. Okay, no. then we're good to go. We're good. This I could work. I would never drape the towel in a weird way. Yeah, we could, we could vacation together. Yes. This could work. I like that. So I have, can I, I have a, um, advice, a Christmas advice as well. Ooh, Could I throw bonus, it in? Bonus advice. Bonus advice. This one is from Dr. Tracy, Dr. Trey Trey, and it's called Mistress at Christmas. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Dear Dr. Tracy, I'm not really sure if I've come to the right place, but have a question that pertains to this difficult time of the year. I am the mistress, capital M, of a very wealthy and generous businessman. Is he from Heart Industries? Does he have a mansion and a yacht? Yes. We've been seeing each other for approx 12 months. And in this time, he has spent an absolute fortune to secure our ongoing, quote unquote, agreement. Yeah. We've gotten to know each other quite well. And I believe we have a general, we have a general regard for one another. (laughs) Warmest regards. I believe we have become friends. Yeah. My problem is that coming up to Christmas, it's coming up to Christmas and his birthday shortly afterwards. And I feel it's appropriate to acknowledge this in some way. How or what do I give someone who isn't able to take anything home or keep anything I give him? Not to mention, he certainly does not want anything because, you know, he's rich. This man has a wife of 24 years and grown children. What can I do to at least not let Christmas and his birthday go unnoticed? I know this may sound trivial, but it's not to me. I've spent a long time trying to come up with an answer. I've turned to you and hope that you can help. Kindest regards, Mistress S. Okay. Um, so it's a tough she's, one. she said that her, his birthday is shortly after Christmas. That makes mm-hmm. him a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So he likes he likes luxury items. He likes wealth. So you have to get him something really expensive. But he doesn't. She says he has everything. Yeah. And he can't wear he, take it anywhere you know what I mean like where is he gonna put it yeah but that's what he likes I mean if she buys him something well he can't wear anything because the wife will know right then it has to be 
a consumable or it has to be a um an experience. Like it's just a piece of gold and you could just swallow it. <laughs> like a small <laughs> like a little cube. Like here you go. It's <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> um, so something consumable. Yeah. So she has to get him the bottle of wine and they that's they can drink it together. Together. And she has to wear the trench coat with the, 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 you know, the lingerie underneath or nothing underneath or something. So that's what I was thinking too. Although, I mean, I'm sure she does a lot of, you know, really fun, sexy stuff. Cause she's a mistress of a very wealthy guy with a man. Wealthy and not. generous. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, maybe kick it up a notch. Oh, so she might have to give him that thing that he always wants, but she's been withholding this whole time. Yeah. Hopefully there's something. Like that, and she could just whip that out, whatever it is. Yeah, no, it's gonna. No, there's got to be something that. No, no, no. If she is the mistress of a very wealthy man, then she's doling out everything he needs mm-hmm. piecemeal to keep yeah. him on the hook. That's all. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully, she's still got something back. Well, it's been a year, so she's mm-hmm. she's she should have something. Yeah, um, I hope she hasn't played all of her cards. So. uh Dr. Tracy says, I have a close friend who became the mistress of a very wealthy man. Actually, he was so wealthy that he had several mistresses, all of whom were friendly and worked out a schedule. What? The women couldn't give him a reg- normal presence because he had everything. So they brainstormed together. And for one of his birthdays, they put on a belly dancing party with food, decor, and they hired a couple belly dancers and invited some of their sexy friends over and gave him a harem. For the holidays. <laughs> That's going to be the next Hallmark special. Harem <laughs> for the holidays. Harem for the... There's no place like harem for the holidays. Oh, that... Um, so yeah, that's that's Dr. Tracy's honest advice. I love this advice. It's a bit grandiose, but I think there's something in there. Like she's either got to kick it up a notch, bring in a friend. Yeah. Or yeah, that thing that he has been wanting to do and maybe hasn't asked for it yet or has hinted around that maybe Christmas slash birthday is the time to whip that out. Yeah. Cause I don't know if you're going to be able to get him anything. And I don't know how much money do mistresses have. I don't know how that works. And it's his money anyway, because he's keeping her. Kept. <laughs> yeah, he's going to give her a thousand bucks and she's going to be like, here's a thousand dollar pair of loafers, yeah. you know, that yeah, you can't wear out of the hotel. Yeah. You can't. What are you going to, or you have to go to what is the the catalog that you bring up every year that um, Neiman Marcus the Neiman Marcus to yeah. start get, Neiman get Marcus some, get something from them. You could get them a you know a travel library <laughs> for Christmas or a harem. So yeah, I think I think that's pretty good advice. You know, she's she said I'm sure if you put your mind to it, you can put come up with something entertaining for your friend. And you know what? If it's just you, it's free. Yeah. Or it costs no more than whatever it usually costs. Or just do whatever it's going to cost on your psyche and your therapy bill yeah. to do whatever it is you don't want to do that he wants to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing as a mistress of a wealthy and generous businessman, you, you're going to be fairly open-minded mm. to get this guy, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I would definitely, you know, get bring a friend in or do that thing that, you know, he's been angling to do for a while. Yeah it's hard out there for a mistress at Christmas. <laughs> mistress. You know? That's the other Hallmark special. Yes. 
<laughs> mistress at, at Christmas. Christmas. And then harem for the holidays. It's a double feature. <laughs> head to head, if you will. On the Hallmark <laughs> channel. <laughs> or the, or the, uh, the Ballmark channel. <laughs> That's with a C. Ballmark. No relation. All right. <laughs> what do you have? Uh, okay. So... Um, apparently there is something called the Secret Lantern Society. Okay. It sounds like a Sherlock Holmes thing. Yeah. So it's so intriguing. It says, want to become a member? Um, join yeah. the Secret Lantern Society and be among the first to learn about our secret activities. Okay. Never miss when the, the Labyrinth of Light tickets go on sale or our lantern making workshops take place. Excuse me, there's actually lanterns involved. Pass. I was excited, but now I feel like I know what the secret is. It's like welding and, you know, candle making. So basically, the mission statement is it's a nonprofit, artist run, and community driven organization. And they provide opportunities for the public to engage with professional artists, participate Mm -hmm. in multicultural celebrations, and contribute their ideas towards shaping community events learning new skills and becoming involved in their own neighborhoods. Um, So basically, and it's something it's uh, they want to keep keeping many of the art based celebrations free, culturally diverse, ecologically Mm -hmm. sustainable, non-denominational, non-commercial and rooted in the neighborhoods. So that's, that's what I like that. That's what they are. But this is about the holidays. So they do make lanterns and decorate. (laughs) I mean, they should really with a name like that. If you don't, it's like, yeah, you know, they do that for, for at Christmas time for solstice. And um, so if you want to become a member, you can, and then learn about their secret lantern making and when they're going to um, display them. Look, I'm always up for learning how to do a craft. I, I, I find that fascinating. I, I like getting together with, and not like, like a scrapbook. I mean, like, you know, Something like a lantern. And then I guess what, they're going to walk around with it? No, I think they're going to put them out, like, you know, out about town. Oh, I was imagining there'd be like a a walk afterwards. Oh, that would be fun too. Like a, like a little parade, but without the, (laughs) without all the commercial aspects to it, just like people showing off their lanterns. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good idea. So if you want to, Jaquetta, you can become a member on their board for $10 and help build the community. And you can put that out there. That board and, must be huge. And start the, the uh, parade. Start the parade. I'm going to kick it off. Let's yeah. go. Let's roll. <laughs> We're not making these lanterns for nothing. We're going to light the way up in this piece. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to lead everyone in Negro spirituals down Main Street to how that flies. <laughs> like a little swing low. You know? It's this nice slow walk. Um, I have some booze news for the holidays. Ooh. I Mixed feelings. It says you can now book a mulled wine themed spa day. Okay. And the piece de resistance is a mulled wine hot tub. Uh, I know. It sounds like a yeast infection. Wait a minute. So you you immerse yourself in a tub in of wine? Mulled wine. Here's how it goes. Um, you drink. You'll be drinking mulled wine. Right. You can book this experience and it involves the glass of mulled wine when you arrive, right? Because everybody wants to drink a hot 
a hot toddy before a spa experience. Yeah, exactly. Then you get a frankincense massage, followed by a brown sugar, cinnamon, and orange body scrub. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then at the end, you get into a hot tub filled with mulled wine. And then... With with an orange, cinnamon, and star anise. And then you find that you are with child, yet you know not man. (laughs) Yes. Or that you are the main ingredient. And somehow it's like... Really untoward, cannibalistic <laughs> holiday adventure. Right. It's like to serve man. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. Because first they subdue you with the wine, and mm-hmm. then they purify you with the, the frankincense. They put the brown sugar and cinnamon on you so that when they do bake you, the skin is nice and crispy. Yep. And sweet. And then a they throw you in a tub of, like, I don't want to be in a hot tub and see fruit. And spices floating around. That's going to make me feel really uncomfortable. But you will be tender. <laughs> yes. I'd probably be too tender to get out and walk around. I'll have to be carried over to the other. Oh, when you're in that crock pot for the next four hours. Yeah. Something you didn't plan on, but yeah, exactly. that's where you're going to end up. All right. I feel like they're going to be like, you know, what? we're going to do a new kind of a body wrap with foil. And some and some like rosemary. We're just gonna put that in some butter. And You'll you be fine. Have, all you have to do is crawl into this warming chamber. Yes, <laughs> just go right on in. So it says I was concerned about the the sugar aspect of it, but it says that the hot tub has been treated to make it a safe neutral pH. I don't know how that's possible when it's filled with wine. No. Um, but it said, yeah, you can finally fulfill your dream of bathing in mulled wine. I don't know if anyone's had that dream. <sighs> Once you learn about yeast infections, all of this likes, you know, swimming in champagne is over. Yeah. But like, maybe it's the idea of people saying, I want, I'm, I'm going to marinate myself in wine, meaning they're going to tie one on. They didn't well, mean jumping in a tub. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I, would you get into a tub of wine? If I already had some wine, you know why. <laughs> you could be coaxed in. Probably. I, I could see trying to dip my glass in and then being like, wait a minute, has someone been in here? <laughs> uh, really, has I'm somebody sure. been in here? <laughs> I'm sure. And then the next phase is, I'm sure it's fine. Yes, I'm sure it's fine. Why don't you get a close look? <laughs> get a real close look. Yeah, so it's a mold, mold wine spa day. Okay. I, spas are so far in the past for me now because of COVID. I can't even remember. Yeah, spas were in the before days. Yeah, the before time. Pagan holiday movies. I know all you pagans out there are inundated with these like Christian holiday movies and you want to show your kids something different that represents your culture. So I got a list here for you. Oh, okay. Of pagan holiday movies. Um, and the article that I looked up says pagans are not any one thing. Of course, it's a, you know, there are a lot of beliefs within and practices within paganism, but there are three principles that most pagans share. And one is veneration of the natural world, a belief in polytheism or pantheism and a belief in the feminine divinity. So these films, I guess, espouse those beliefs. Okay. Uh, the f- number one movie on here, and I was surprised. So these are for, for children. Well, not just for children, but they're holiday movies that you can share with your children as well. Moana. Oh. Top pagan children's holiday film. Uh, you've seen Moana, right? I, 
it must have been an, I, I don't remember it. It's The Rock. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, it takes place in ancient Polynesia, a terrible curse incurred by the demigod. Maui reaches Moana's island. She answers the ocean's call to seek out the demigod and set things right. And I'd never thought about this as a pagan film before. I but apparently either. pagans love it. A uh, wonderful eye-popping hit movie. Kids love it. Beautiful imagery, positive ideas. There's some actually, I, I think I was like sad a little bit. There's a scene in it that's very kind of uh, the grandmother that's sad, but, you know, very poignant. Humor, unforgettable songs. And it really is about revering nature, Moana. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's a very beautiful movie. But yeah, I'd never thought about, you know, it does espouse these pagan um values yeah so but slip that word pagan in the description and it never would have oh no anywhere they would have been like pagan girl (laughs) (laughs) even with the rock they would have been like no i don't think so um pagans pan's labyrinth oh that's a scary movie so it takes place in spain in the 40s it says the bookish young stepdaughter of a sadistic army officer escapes into an eerie but captivating fantasy world they said this is for older um, for older children or little kids who like to be frightened, you yeah. know, little kids who like, like creepy fairy tales, bizarre imagery. Um, and it just, just puts it out there as something that you could show your, your children, I guess, without any uh, Western religion or Christianity in it. All right. Brave. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that one. I remember watching that and thinking, wow, this is pagan. So Princess Merida defies the custom that brings chaos to her kingdom. And then she has to rely on her bravery and archery skills to undo a beastly curse. Um, takes place in the Highlands. There's, it's they say it's a really good story of female empowerment. Oh, which I think it is. That's what I saw, I thought it was at first, just about female empowerment. I never thought about the whole pagan aspect. No, but I guess for for pagans, they're looking for messages that don't reference, you know, any of the big three religions, mm. which is a lot of that stuff is, you know couched in there yeah kind of a a christ story or a christ figure right um but in brave and in moana we're dealing with girls with the divine feminine right the lion king Mm. um they agora is a historical drama set in roman egypt concerning a slave who turns to the rising tide of christianity in hope of pursuing freedom while falling in love with his mistress it says it's a sword and sandal epic and it asked the question what's a pagan to do when christianity comes into town <laughs> yeah <laughs> agora so it's like you know they're looking for a lot Martha, of the movies that we that grew up with yonder? <laughs> a lot of the movies that we grew up with around the holidays it shows like the triumph of christianity but these pagans are like hey that was us like we were we were the ones that were triumphed over yeah you know right right <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not they're not excited Right. That's true. When Christianity right, right. comes to town. It's the it's it means persecution for the pagans, right? Yeah. The mists of Avalon, Avatar, uh, and Beowulf, of course. Practical magic, and then the Good Witch. Oh, I love practical magic. Yeah, practical magic. Two witch sisters raised by eccentric aunts in a small town. They face prejudice and a curse. Um, and they're saying, "Who says you can't have a witch-based rom-com?" I don't. I never said you couldn't. Well, they they did big time yes. in Practical Magic, and that house. Just as a side note about that movie, um, mm-hmm. the company that designed the set, which is this beautiful house on this cliff overlooking the ocean, um, 
one of the the, the biggest uh, questions about this movie is where is that house? And people wanted to buy that house. Barbara Streisand wanted to buy that house. <laughs> oh, go on, Barb. Of course she gets in the mix. Yeah, but the thing was, it was a set. <laughs> and oh, no. what they constructed, they also took down. So it's not really, it was never a full house. I bet you they could have sold it to Babs anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a really cool house. And uh, and the yeah, the design company that um, that made it is is quite known for it too. I didn't know. I'll have to check that out. I, I think I saw that a very, very long time ago. Uh, and maybe the house didn't make the impression that it should have on me. But yeah, Practical Magic, The Good Witch, and then Bewitched. Oh, okay. As movie. So these are some good pagan uh, holiday films to share with your uh, with your pagan families out there. But I also want to mention that there are some documentaries out there. Um, one is called American Mystic. Um, another one is called Modern Druids. So if you if you want to see some real life pagan action, some docs, pagan documentaries, they're out there. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know much about pagans. I'm always fascinated because again, they've never done anything to me or my people. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel okay about them. But yeah, and I love Moana. Oh. So there you go. Pagan holiday movies. Enjoy. I know how much you love a Christmas ornament. I do. And on Etsy right now, and, and on a lot of like small artist websites, there are some amazing uh, ornaments out there. One uh, is the image of the dumpster on fire with the, with the letters 2020 painted on it. You can get that at an ornament. You can get it as a sticker. You can get it as a keychain or as a, a lapel pin. Uh, for 2020, the dumpster fire. Yeah, it's basically, that's the only ornament that you can really get for 2020. What else yeah. happened that you could commemorate? Nothing. Exactly. And, and that ornament is is uh, available online from a place called the Local Print Shop, and it's run by a husband and wife team in upstate New York. And they got some oh. cool stuff. There's another one on here. It's Etsy. Uh, the owner's name is Stacy Sherry. She has taken the image of uh, Dr. Fauci doing the face palm yeah. when he just couldn't take it anymore. That's on a beautiful ornament <laughs> for 2020. It's just a man with his hand over his face. It says 2020 yeah. below it. I mean, un- Fauci, he's going to go down as a uh, face, the face palm guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Have you seen there? Someone showed me, I don't know if it was you. It was like levels of Fauci, no. like from, ha- from his face being open to him looking down to the hand going up. To the hand on one part of the face, to both no. hands, to the, and it's like, what level of Fauci are you? At? Oh, okay. <laughs> From one like open face to ten face palm. Yeah, yeah. So where where, where are you are at you? emotionally? Which Fauci <laughs> shows your emotional level? Yeah, and then there's some other ones. I um on Etsy I saw was a a little hand sanitizer. It just says pandemic on it. it looks like a um Purell. Looks like it's made out of glass. Very delicate. So this is the kind of stuff that's going on Christmas trees now. I find it fascinating because when we were growing up, it was just um, bulbs. Yeah, really. and we, we had one or two ornaments that were different, and they were a big deal for us. Yeah, the novelty ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. now you can make a a statement <laughs> about about what's going on in the year with an ornament. I mean, what's going to happen when someone pulls this? Someone's great grandkid is going to pull this out, you know, 
50 years from now, 60 years from now, I'll be like, what the hell was this about? Pandemic? Like a, no, it's like a, like they're just going to see that it's a dumpster with flames coming out of it. <laughs> and it just says 2020 on it. And, but it's, it looks beautiful. It's beautifully rendered. It's on glass. It has a little uh, ribbon attached to you so you can hang it on the tree. This is what someone's grandparents, great grandparents, will have in their stash. That's kind of like having, um, you know, uh, an ornament with somebody jumping out of a building, going, "Yeah, 1929." Yes, and I bet you there was at least one person back there who was like, "No, this is like this will be fine on a tree." It's like, no, it won't. Be like, somebody really do this? Yeah, yeah, yep. (laughs) So I'm sure somebody did. It's like someone somewhere wrote 1920 on a doll and like hung it up on the tree. Yeah. Um, with a with a with a sad look in its face. So yeah, 2020 20 holidays, it's um, you know, it's all on the table again. Oh yes. Well, yeah. everybody, we wish you uh a very merry Christmas or yeah, happy, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Joyous Kwanzaa. Yes. Um, and then Yalda and a bunch of other uh, things that I can't pronounce very well for my Persian friends out there. Yes. Um, yeah. Happy holidays to everyone. Yes. Make them. I hope they're joyous. And we hope that the next coming year is <laughs> going to be better. Yeah. We Well, we know it won't be 2020 again. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got that going for us. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Slay the rain, I listening.